about truth and about the spirit of truth. And it seems these days that we might look around and we say, where is truth? Where do we find truth? It might be that we say these days, how do we define truth? It seems as if truth is being redefined or it seems that people are at least attempting to <laughs> redefine truth or even just disregard truth and say it doesn't matter, the facts do not matter, it is just what I decide or how I view things and that's what matters, that's what counts. It can be a very frustrating time to live as we see these things happen as we see things on our television screens, our internet screens, or in uh, our communities and around us, or even people that we may know and love from time to time, it can be a very frustrating thing when it comes to the topic of truth. But I'm here to tell us this morning that the matter of truth has been finalized. The matter of truth has been settled. And I still believe that God Almighty has defined truth, and his truth has not changed. I still believe that God Almighty has settled the question of truth. He has revealed truth to us through and by his Son. He has revealed truth to us through and by the Word of God. And that does not change. The Word of God is timeless from beginning until ending. The Word of God is not subject to our interpretation. It's not subject to our modification or editing process, but God has defined truth. I'm here to tell us this morning that we will be less frustrated in our lives when we grab a hold of His truth, hold on to His truth, and have no compromising from His truth. Oh yes, it may be frustrating to look around us at times. It may be frustrating to see the beliefs and the changes that may be occurring in our society or even in people we love dearly. But for us, the matter can be settled internally once and for all. God is truth. Let God be true. And every man a liar, the word says. God has settled the question of truth. Today, it would be very easy for me to go down a big, long rabbit trail, if you will. And it wouldn't be anything wrong with me doing so. And you know that I don't shy away from the truth. But it could be very easy for me today to center this sermon about what has happened wrong in society and even at some level in the church world. And I could go down a list, a laundry list of things that have undermined the truth and issues that are facing us that are contrary to God's word. But as I have struggled with this sermon all week long, and as a pastor, I, I will tell you this morning, I have struggled with this sermon all week long. I thought I made a lot of progress early in the week. And then I did not feel contented with the sermon. And you could walk up to my office right now and you would see a typed Two page, it's a beautiful typed two pages of notes outline that I made early in the week, but I just couldn't feel contented with it. And I've struggled 
up until even right before the service time today, struggling with this sermon. But I could go down the list of what is wrong today, and I could define and show, and it's a time and a season for that, and we need to reach those things. But today, I feel the Lord is trying to tell me to focus on the positive. Look at your neighbor and say, focus on the positive. This morning, I believe the Lord wants me to remind you that the way of righteousness is a good way. Amen? The godly life is a good life. The the Word of God and the Spirit of God is for us. He, the Holy Spirit, He is for us and not against us. He is working with us and trying to draw us closer and closer to Christ. And any time that he is working in our lives in the form of conviction or stirring us, it is because he wants us to be more like Christ. And he wants us to put our lives in more of a position where God can bless us. You see, the truth is a positive thing. The Bible says, know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And oh, how I wish everyone around us could know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and know how it feels on the inside to be freed from sin. Somebody should say amen to being free from sin this morning. Somebody should say amen to being saved by grace through faith and being freed from the things of darkness and set forth into light. Amen. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I saw some ducks yesterday. On my way home from the events here yesterday, I'm driving down Selt Road. I took the scenic route. I know I live in Ruckersville. I I promised you I I didn't get lost this time. But I thought I'm just going to take a little loop around and and I was thinking and, you know, whatever. And came around the corner of Selt Road and there was a duck family. Mr. Quacker, Mrs. Quacker, Quacker Jr., Baby quacker and middle child quacker. There were five, five in the family, and they were just waddling away down the, down the road like they owned the place. And there was a truck on the other side of the road coming towards them, and he had stopped really slow, as I probably would have done too, and I, he was taking it in, you know, watching it. And I, I'm coming around the curve, and I'm beside him, and there's hill on this side, and there's brush and whatever on, on this side of the road, and there goes the Quacker family, just walking along. The road belongs to them. Not concerned about the dangers to the right. Not concerned about the dangers to the left. Not concerned about the danger of a crazy driver coming around the curve behind them. They were owning the road. They were owning the day. And I thought this morning as Christians... When Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. When Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you another helper. When Jesus said, I'm going to give you the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. As we walk the pathway of life, I believe we can own the day too. I believe we can walk without fear and worry too. Now, they weren't being guided by the Holy Spirit. They were just being guided by their instincts. They're just waddling along. It didn't matter the dangers that were around them. And I feel we're walking 
a road today. The Bible calls it a straight, narrow path that leads to everlasting life. And I believe as we walk this road as Christians, there are dangers behind us. There are dangers coming toward us. There are dangers on the left and on the right. But when we follow the spirit of truth, we can own the road. When we follow the spirit of truth and he guides us, we can live a life of hope. We can live a life of purpose. We can live a life that is being guided and helped by God himself through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how the young people in this world need to hear that. How our hearts in this church, it's come up at prayer meeting. It was brought up at Seasoned Saints on Friday. In this region, the number of suicides and the number of drug overdoses that have happened in recent months just in this region, this extended region in which we live. And I think, oh God, how our young people need to hear that you have sent to them the spirit of truth who can help them and guide them and they can live this life with hope. And with purpose. So what is truth this morning? I have a picture of a gavel in a courtroom. Courtroom can be a scary place if you're coming under judgment. I've sat in a courtroom in Richmond one time to be there to support a family that was part of a big trial. And I watched at the end where they sentenced the man and they start taking him out. It's, it's an awful awful feeling when you're in a courtroom and you're on the wrong side of of the court but you and I as Christians we do not have to be in the courtroom God's courtroom on the wrong side of justice we can be in the courtroom justified and I thought about the spirit of truth that Jesus talked about and I thought about a courtroom and I thought what would happen if the Holy Spirit he he is a person if the Holy Spirit were to take the stand The witness stand in the courtroom. This spirit of truth, Jesus called him. What would he say on the witness stand? I believe he could start back at creation. I believe the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, could talk to us about he being part of creation. As the Bible said, the spirit of God moved upon the face of of the earth and he could remind us and he could remind all of mankind that God created everything that we see and there is an ultimate purpose and rhyme and reason to where we are and to life in general. He could tell us, he could witness to us as he was with God and as God created mankind He is a witness to the fact that God formed man from the dust and breathed the very life into him. And that witness would remind somebody that you are created in the image of God. You didn't evolve from a creek bed someplace. He could also bear witness to us this morning of how God took Adam and took a rib out of Adam and created for him a helpmate and God created Man, can I say it this morning from the pulpit, that God created man and God created woman. Can I say that? I I don't know that I would ever think as a pastor I would have to really just hit that 
point. But I believe the waters are being muddied in our society today. But the Holy Spirit stands as a witness this morning. As he was with God at creation. God himself created man and God himself created woman. Somebody say amen to that. The Holy Spirit bears witness as he saw God instructing Adam and Eve to be married and to come together and to replenish the earth. The Holy Spirit bears witness to this morning of that beautiful institution of marriage that was put into place from the very beginning. Where you read in Genesis where it says a man shall leave his home. A wife shall leave her mother and father. They shall cleave together and the two shall become one. And there we see the biblical definition of marriage. And the Holy Spirit bears witness to those things as he was with God as part of those operations. You see even the institution of marriage that God put into place that beautiful institution of marriage is also a beautiful picture of Christ and his marriage to the body of Christ. I can't get into all of that this morning, but we, it is a picture of Christ and the body of Christ, us as believers, and how we are to come together and how one day he will bring us together as his bride. So even from the very beginning, God has given a picture even of the great plan of salvation through the institution of marriage that he and he alone defines. The Holy Spirit on the witness stand would speak to us about the prophets of old, both the major prophets and the minor prophets of the Old Testament as he moved up on them and he inspired them from God himself to speak the words that are penned in the Old Testament. Many of those words pointed to the coming of the Messiah. And yes, the Holy Spirit can bear witness of that too. Because the Bible said that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, overshadowed Mary. And that which was conceived in her was born of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit could testify to us this morning about a man named John the Baptist who was sent to prepare the way of the Lord and how John the Baptist was in the Jordan baptizing that day when he looked up and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He could testify how he impressed upon John the Baptist and said, Listen, you're not Messiah, but Messiah is coming. And he will be the one that you see me come up on and remain. And as John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, the Bible said the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. The Holy Spirit bears witness to the life of Christ, the miracles of Christ the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, and he bears witness of the resurrection of Christ because it was his power that entered in that tomb and upon Christ that day and gave that resurrection power and Jesus came out of the grave on the third day. That same resurrection power is going to be upon every one of us one day when we too as Christians defeat death, hell, and the grave through the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ. Christ. The Holy Spirit on the witness stand bears witness to the day uh, in the day of Pentecost when he descended upon the church and now he is upon us as believers and fills us and baptizes us and equips us and gives us gifts to operate in the church and in the world. Here's what Jesus said about this spirit of truth that I've been talking to you about who is on the witness stand in John 16. 
13 through 15. In the words of Jesus here, talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, however, when he, when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. You see, everything the Holy Spirit speaks is coming from the Father. Everything the Holy Spirit bears witness to is coming from the throne itself. It is his role to hear the heart of the Father and to communicate it to us. And he, the Holy Spirit, will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. If you're ever in a church service, if you're ever around someone who says that they are full of the Holy Spirit or they are operating under the Holy Spirit, but yet all the glory goes to them or all the glory or the attention is going in a different direction, they are not operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus Christ. Everything he does will point to Jesus Christ. For he will take of what is mine and he will declare it to you. Verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and he will declare it to you. There's a picture of a maze that we're going to put up on the screen there with a big question mark. The context of this passage was Jesus, again, that, that long conversation with the disciples on his last night. And we've been talking so much about that, that conversation for several weeks now, really. But the immediate context of what I just read about the spirit of truth coming, Jesus was telling the disciples that the world hated him. Those who did not know him hated him. But he's saying, listen, they hated me, they're going to hate you as well. And those that would not respond to me being Christ, they're not going to respond well to you either. But don't worry about that. I'm sending you the spirit of truth. And that's a sobering thought to us this morning. But as Christians, everybody is not going to just love us to death. In fact, as Christians, there are going to be some people who hate us whether they're conscious of that hate or whether it's just coming through because of, of their influence from the enemy or whatever it is. But Jesus is telling us to prepare ourselves in this world. There will be people who hate us because of his sake. There will be people who, who make fun of us because of his sake. There will be people who don't want to hear what we have to say or associate with us because we are Christians. And he's saying, don't let that get to you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they didn't listen to me, you think they're going to listen to you. No, they're not. But he said, don't worry about that. I am going to send you the spirit of truth. And when I have the spirit of truth in my life, then I know that I live my life not based on other people, but I live my life based on God himself who dwells in me. And he still speaks to me. Do you know the Holy Spirit is still speaking to us today? You say, even me? Yes, even, even you. Let me tell you one way that the Holy Spirit still speaks. He still speaks through the inspired word of God. You see, the Holy Spirit is really the author of the word of God. He came upon the authors all throughout hundreds of years and in different places and different contexts. But that same spirit of truth, he was the influence or he was the one who told them 
what to write and how to pen it. And every time I read the word of God, I am hearing the words from God himself. And I encourage you, I said it a few weeks ago, if the only time we're hearing the word of God is for an hour on Sunday morning, we are doing ourselves a great injustice. Amen? Please get in the word of God. Read his word. Study his word. Listen to his word. Find you a good podcast or a good teaching to listen to while you're driving to work or while you're driving back from work. Get in the word of God, not just on Sundays. He still speaks to us through his inspired word. He also still speaks to us through the proclamation of the word of God. He has put into the body of Christ teachers and preachers and pastors and evangelists so that the word of God will be proclaimed. And there is something powerful, not about the person who is proclaiming it, but there is something powerful and very biblical about the proclamation of the word of God. But you don't have to just wait to come here Sunday morning to hear me proclaim the word of God. You can speak the word of God too. Speak the word of God over your situation. Find a verse and stand on that verse and quote it and say it out loud and pace the floors with it and say, Lord, I'm taking you at your word. There is power in the Holy Spirit inspired word. Thirdly, he still speaks to us through prayer. Through prayer. Prayer is a two-way street. Prayer is not just me talking to God. Prayer is me trying to also listen and discern from God. And I still believe in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. I still believe he is very, very active in the believer's life. Do you believe he's still very, very active in the believer's life? There are some teachings and some doctrines that that say the Holy Spirit is is very limited these days and that he did certain things in the New Testament and and that he's limited. But, But the Holy Spirit, he was given by Jesus himself as a promise not to just the disciples, but to, to me and to you. And I believe that as I pray, the Holy Spirit helps me. He helps me as I pray. He inspires me. He gives me creativity. He gives me impressions. He gives me peace sometimes when I need peace, but sometimes he makes me unsettled. Have you ever prayed about something and, you, and you're about to make a decision, but you just don't feel full peace and you feel a little unsettled about that? That's Many times it's the working of the Holy Spirit to check us and say, whoa, 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 whoa. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't make that decision. Don't, don't make that commitment. Don't, don't get into that relationship. And so the Holy Spirit, he is still guiding us into all truth. And that spirit of truth, he, the spirit of truth, is still working in our hearts, in our lives. We don't have to live life like we're in a maze or like there's a big question mark. I know we don't understand everything. We never will understand everything. But we can live with more hope. We can live with more confidence. We can live with more peace when we're led by the spirit of truth. We can live like those, that quacker family waddling down the road with peace and joy and togetherness. Because the spirit of truth is with us. He is helping us. I saw some deer on the way over here too. I didn't have enough time to come up with a good illustration, but I felt like it was the Lord saying, hey, you're on the right track. (laughs) There were three of them going down the road. Mr. Doe, Miss Fawn, I don't know, but anyway, Mr. B. I'll work on that for another another time, another place. 
But the Lord is with us. He is guiding us. He is leading us. There's the next slide about another, another uh, maze. And I don't know if you can see, like right there in the middle. This was something really heavy on my heart this week as part of this sermon, and I hope I can get it out in some regard. But there's a little child in there. You, you maybe, you, maybe you can see it. If, if not, you're just right there in the middle. little child right in the middle of the maze. And it was heavy on my heart this week as we talk about the spirit of truth. And, you know, we're sitting here this morning and we, we have experienced salvation, hopefully. And we understand that the Holy Spirit and, and we're living and we're trying to follow him. And we know he's helping us. And, but there are so many in this society today, so many of our, our young people who don't know, who don't know. And it was heavy on my heart this morning and all week to think how can we help them find this spirit of truth and get out of that maze that the enemy has set for them. It seems that they're bombarded on every side. It seems that they're bombarded by entertainment. It's a sad day when you have to worry now about Disney, right? Am I the only one who thinks that's a sad day? When I have to worry about what Disney is going to try to indoctrinate into my children? They're bombarded by education. I, I love education. I'm an educator, and my wife is an educator, and, and all these things. But we've got to be very mindful and very watchful of some of the curriculums that are starting to come and creep into our school systems and what children are going to be taught now or in the future. And they're being bombarded seemingly on every side. They're bombarded by expectations. It seems that the expectations for our young people today are so high and that if we aren't careful, they are pushed and pushed and pushed. But are they being pushed and pushed and pushed towards the right things? Or are we teaching them that the foundation of your life is your relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And if you will put him first, if you will build your life on him, then he will help you build the rest. Amen? And they're bombarded, it seems, by the experiences of sin I don't know. It seems like it's easier to sin in this society and this time of history than maybe ever before. I, I don't know. There have been a lot of evil time periods. There have been a lot of evil empires. But it, we would all agree about this. The accessibility to sin is almost 24-7 now. And our children and the children of this society are being bombarded by this. But what they need is the eternal truth, the eternal truth to exist in their hearts and in their minds. I want to show you a little picture here, a little story. We went to Chincoteague Island. I think I said it correctly. I'm okay. Our English teacher is not here this morning, so... But we went to Chincoteague Island last weekend. I appreciate, again, you all letting us have some time away to relax and celebrate. Now, that's not it. That's not it, but it's close. There was one day uh, on the Sunday, it, was, it, had been rain, it had rained all the night before. The waters were up. You're on an island uh, the, right off the back of our hotel. You could walk out from the pool and down the sidewalk, and literally the water was just right there. Just like, there it is. 
I didn't do that, but it was there. I could have. But we decided to go across to the mainland for a little bit, and Donna was, Donna was finding a mall, and she, she found this mall, and it ended up being a Walmart with like three or four stores beside of that mall that she was looking for. And, and then she wanted to get her nails done, and, and that place was closed. But anyway, she's not here yet, so I can pick on her. She's, she's bringing our company over in a little bit, but uh, I digress. I digress. I digress. Sorry, Mr. B. But we were going back over to find a mall and, find a mall and go somewhere or whatever. And somehow or another, Aaliyah and myself and Donna end up in the back seat. Nobody in the front seat because Isaac was chilling out in the room for a few hours. And Emily was driving us. So you picture this, the three of us being chauffeured by Emily. And we're, we're driving. And we got to the park going towards the bridges and things to go back across the island. And there it was. Water on one side and water on the other side. And here's the road. And I think Emily got a little nervous driving us. And periodically there would be a guardrail. And you know, I like to make things better. I like to say things that help out in these situations. And, and I said, you know, you would think they would have guardrails on all this road. <laughs> just trying to be a blessing. Just trying to bring comfort to the, to the situation. There was no room for error. There was no margin of error. The water was literally, if this is the roadway, the water was here and the water was here. And we're driving, me and my family are driving up through there. And I started thinking about the families of this church. And I love you all. And I love being a pastor at this church. And I love the families of this church and the, even this community. I, I, there's so many other families in this community of other churches and down the road at Evergreen. and just, a, just such a beautiful place. And I love all of you all, and I love the families of this church. And, and I look, and I, I see you, and I see your families, and I, I see the potential, right? And I look at your children. I, I look at your grandchildren. I, I see the potential, and I, I look at them, and I see the promise of God. And I see that God has a plan in your family, in my family, and all these dear children and grandchildren, and the ones that are grown up, and the ones that are little, and the ones that are barely here, and, and the ones that are still in the womb, and all, all of those. And I see families and potential and promises, and we're all on this straight and narrow path that leads to everlasting life, and we're trying to get there, and we're going. But on the left are the waters of destruction. And on the right are the waters of distraction. And on the left are the plans of the enemy. And on the right are the plans of the enemy. And sometimes in our lives and sometimes in our families, it can seem that we're on this straight and narrow path. But it just doesn't seem like we can afford to go anywhere this way or anywhere that way. And we can look over and we can look over and it seems like we're surrounded. Does it not? And it seems like destruction could just be this close. And sometimes we look at some of our family members and we say, there may be, are they just one decision away from being over into these waters? But I'm here to tell us this morning that the spirit of truth is here to guide you and to guide me and to guide your family and to guide my family. And I say, Holy Spirit, get involved again in our families. Is that all right this morning? 
Holy Spirit, get involved again with moms and dads and grandmas and granddads and children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and lead us through this world in which we live. Lead us through this straight and narrow path that has sin on the left and sin on the right, destruction on the left, destruction on the right, as the enemy has plotting against all of us and there's a target on all of our backs, but we are in Christ. And Christ has given to us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who will guide us and keep us. I say, Holy Spirit, get involved afresh and anew in our church. Get involved afresh and anew in all of our programs, in all of our activities. Don't let us just come and go through the motions. The waters of trouble are too serious these days. We need a moving of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen this morning. Last slide, or last scripture, Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, and we're going to pray this morning. The context of this scripture is Jesus is talking to Israel about them being his child and how much he loves them and how much he's going to protect them. But I know it's in there to show you and me how much he loves us and how much he will protect us too. But now thus says the Lord who created you, old Jacob, put your name in there. Who created you, O, and he who formed you, O Israel. Put your name in there. He created you. He formed you. And here's what he says to you this morning. Here's what he says to me this morning. Here's what he says to my family this morning. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. There is something powerful when somebody looks you in the eye and calls you by your name. God himself has looked us in the eye and called us by our name. You are mine, says the Lord. Look at the next verse. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Can I tell you, when I'm reading this, it is telling me, it's not saying if you pass through. It's not saying you might pass through. He's saying in this life, you're going to have trouble. But he says, when you pass through the waters, guess what? I'm going to be with you. When the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. That's the message to remind us who are Christians, but that's the message of hope to those who don't know Christ, who need to discover Christ, who need to be led by this great spirit of truth who guides us and keeps us. God is for us in the trials of this life, in the heartaches of this life, in the dangers and the perils of this life. We have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. Would you stand with me? This morning, the last slide just gives us a crossroads of decision. Do I want to live under the influence of the lies of Satan? Even as a believer, sometimes I can let his talk, his chatter get into my head and roll thoughts rolling around and limiting my peace and causing me worry and causing me fear, putting doubts in there? Am I going to live on that road or am I going to live on the road of truth? I wrote here in my notes at the very end for us to focus on the beauty of the spirit of truth. 
I know I've mentioned some of the negative things that we're facing and the dangers we're facing and all of that, but, but I think, again, the Holy Spirit, His impression upon me today is for us to just try our best for a few moments and then to carry it with us to focus on the beauty of the working of the Holy Spirit. The beautiful work of the Holy Spirit who draws men and women and boys and girls to Christ. The beautiful work of the Holy Spirit who helps us in our times of trouble. The beautiful work of the Holy Spirit in the times of distress, in the times of discouragement. It seems as if he wraps us around like a, like a homemade quilt. There's nothing better than grandma's homemade quilt and a lazy boy recliner. Oh, somebody say amen. And you wrap yourself up in that and you feel that comfort. If I had a little more time between services, I'd go on back home and get that quilt and get in that lazy boy for a couple hours and then come back and preach. But that comforting presence of the Holy Spirit who wraps around us like grandma's quilt, who helps us, the beauty of the working of the Holy Spirit, the beauty of knowing that when I face a decision, I can pray. And he helps me when I pray. And he helps me discern what God is doing in my life. And he helps me to, to discern the, the decision and the answer that I need to make and the choice that I need to make. The beauty of the Holy Spirit. We're surrounded by trouble. We're surrounded by all these things. And if we focus on them, it's going to pull us down. But we don't have to. We don't have to focus on those things. We can focus on the beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Would you bow your heads this morning? Can we just pray and thank the Lord? Can we just start by thanking Him for the Holy Spirit? Would you do that this morning? Would you, would you just as an individual thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the Comforter. Oh, spread the tidings round wherever men have found the Comforter has come. The Holy Ghost from heaven, the Father's promise given. We thank you, Lord, for the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you have blessed me. You have helped me. You have kept me. You have lifted me up. You have carried me through. You are good. You are a good gift. Holy Spirit, you are a good gift. You are a great person. You are in my life. You are in my church. You are in my friends and family who are here this morning. And we thank you. We bless you. The beauty of the Spirit of truth. The beauty of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would encourage every heart and every life. Real people today with real concerns with real hurts, with real discouragement. Lord, I know we're not in a fairy tale. We're in real life and the waters are around us, but Lord, would you just help somebody today? Would you just, by your presence, Lord, would you just help somebody leave here today feeling a little better? Let them leave here today having more peace, more confidence, more understanding. Let them leave here today with a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. Would you do that for us this morning, Lord, and we would be grateful in Jesus' name. This altar is open this morning if you want prayer or if you want to come and pray or if you want to come and worship. The altar is open, but as they sing, would you just continue to pray, continue to listen to the Lord, spend some moments and just allow the Holy Spirit to be close to you today. God bless you.